The Human Podcast features weekly service audio from the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia. Please visit us at human.org. Good morning, human. I'm Valeria Camaño. I'm a human member. On behalf of Reverend Dave Dunn, our Director of Religious Exploration, Lexi Brown, Music Director Alex Preach, and my fellow worship associates and the dedicated technical team that is making today's live stream possible, I would like to welcome you to the Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation, which we lovingly call human. We are a liberal faith community with the mission to nurture our spirit, strive for justice, and transform the world. No matter who you are, who you love, or where you are on your spiritual journey, you are welcome. Uh, Also, if you're visiting us for the first time, feel free to scan the QR code on the back of your printed order of worship or the code located at the greeter's table to get in touch. All ages are welcome in service. There is a fidget shelf for children of all ages in the back of the sanctuary. Due to this morning's holiday party, we will not be having religious, children's religious exploration this week. All ages are welcome to the holiday party where we will have a special appearance from Turnip, the grumpy balloon twisting elf. <laughs> uh, children and, relig- and youth religious exploration classes will resume next week during second hour at 11.15 in Discovery Hall. The schedule for the next several weeks is printed on your order of worship. The holiday pageant is coming up on Saturday, December 23rd at 4 p.m., so please sign up to participate. Our candlelight service will also take place on December 23rd at 7 p.m. Good morning. Today's call to worship is by Alice Berry. As nature's wheel moves through fall towards winter, we gather in the spirit of preparation, reflection, and expectant waiting. Let us celebrate the gifts and blessings that we are to each other. And on this day, may we bestow our gratitude and thankfulness upon one another as never before. Let us gather today to celebrate in deed, in word, in silence, and in song. And now let us light our chalice together, which will be lit by Ever, who had his eighth birthday on Friday. In this small flame dwell the beacon light of lanterns guiding travelers home, the warmth of hearth fires tended through the generations, the transformation energy of furnaces, and the power of life of our sun. May these blessings, warmth and light, and life-giving energy be kindled in each of us.
In the ministry of Jesus, Jesus often taught in parables. And two of his more memorable, perplexing, confounding parables were the parable of the ten bridesmaids and the parable of the talents. In the parable of the ten bridesmaids, Jesus said, such is the kingdom of heaven. There were 10 bridesmaids and they were waiting for the bridegroom to come. Five of the bridesmaids were wise and five were foolish because they didn't know when the bridegroom would come. Each bridesmaid had a, a lamp of oil. Okay, so it was night. But the five wise ones had their lamps plus they brought some extra oil. The five foolish ones brought their lamps only, not no extra oil. And of course, the bridegroom was delayed, and they all ten fell asleep. Then at midnight, someone said, look, the bridegroom is on his way, and all ten awoke, and the five foolish ones found that their, their lamps were dimming and almost out of oil, and they said to the five wise, look, please lend us some of your oil so we too can greet the bridegroom. And the five wise ones said, I don't think we can do that. You should go and get some more oil. And the five foolish ones leave to get some more oil. And while they were gone, the bridegroom comes and escorts the five wise bridesmaids into the banquet hall, and then they shut the door. And then the five foolish come banging on the door, Lord, let us in. And the Lord says, I do not know you. That's the parable of the 10 bridesmaids. It began with such is the kingdom of heaven. The parable of the 10 talents or the parable of the talent, parable of the talents. There is a, a landowner who's going away on a trip. So he entrusts three of his servants to care for his, his money while he's gone. And he gives his first servant, his best servant, uh, five talents which is a form of money. He gives his second servant two talents, and he gives his third servant one talent. And as soon as the uh, landowner leaves, the, the first servant who had the five talents immediately goes out and invests the five and makes five more. And likewise, the second servant get, takes his two talents, goes out, invests it, and makes two more. The third servant takes the talent and buries it in the ground. He buries it in the ground. So after a time, the landowner comes back and he looks to settle accounts with the servants. And the first servant says, I gave you, you gave me five talents and I earned you five more. And uh, the landowner, the master, it's called the master actually in the, in the, in the text, says, I've, I've given you little responsibility, but now I will give you much more. I will give you more responsibility and you will enter into the joy of this house. And likewise, the second, second servant says, you gave me two talents and I earned you two more. And again, the master says, hey, I gave you little responsibility, but now I will give you more. You can enter into my house. And the third says, I was afraid, so I buried your talent in the ground. 
had one talent. And the master said, well, you know, I could have kept that talent myself, basically. You sh- you're foolish. You should have invested that. And he took the one talent from the one who had one and gave it to the one who originally had five. And to the third servant, he said, you will be thrown into darkness. And the parable concludes, for those who have more will be given and they will have abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. Hanukkah holiday begins at sundown on Thursday and runs through December 15th. Hanukkah commemorates the rededication of the second temple in Jerusalem. Now, the first temple was built by King Solomon in the like 10th century BC. Uh, and it was destroyed in the year 589 by the Babylonians who then exiled all the Jews out of Israel, is out of their land. The 12, 12 tribes were scattered. But then in the year 530 BC, they were allowed to return. Different, different emperor, uh, Cyrus, King Cyrus. They were allowed to return and the second temple was built. And over the course of time, there were constant wars and, and the temple was lost and retaken and lost and retaken. But Hanukkah commemorates one of the times when the second temple was taken again back by the Jewish people. It was during the Maccabean revolt in the year 160 BC. Now to celebrate, they were rededicating their temple and they lit the menorah, but they only had enough oil for one night. But miraculously, that menorah menorah burned for eight nights. Eight nights. So that's why during Hanukkah, each night during Hanukkah, the Jewish people will light one additional candle on the menorah. The Hebrew word for Hanukkah means dedication. Dedication to what? For the Jewish people, it's dedication to God, dedication to God's commandments, God's laws, and to the temple. For the temple was where one goes to meet God. The Ark of the Covenant, which contained the stone tablets that that were given to Moses on Mount Sinai, God's commandments. 
the Ark of the Covenant held those tablets. And that Ark of the Covenant was located, situated uh, in the temple. It's where one went, went to meet God, a sacred space. Now for Christians, today is the first day of Advent. And it continues on through Christmas. It's the beginning of their liturgical year. It's a time of reflection, preparation, and expectant waiting. Waiting for what? Well, you might think, you know, waiting for the birth of Jesus at Christmas. And that is true. But it's also, it's also a holiday of expectant waiting for Christians for the second coming of the Christ. Throughout the, throughout the Bible, Jesus says, you know, Christ will come again. Christ will be returning. It's preparation for that as well. Now, I told the parable of the 10 bridesmaids and the parable of the talents today. Um, they're found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. There were five who prepared themselves, and five bridesmaids who did not. Five were, were, were rewarded, five were not. A lander, landowner goes on a journey, and all but one prepares for uh, the landowner's return by investing uh, what was given to him, given to them. They are rewarded. The other who buried their talent in fear, there's a lot of fear that is described in the text. The one who buried their talent in fear is cast out. So both of these parables, parable of the bridesmaids and the talents, <clears throat> uh, they appear one after another in Matthew 25. They are parables of expectant, of, of expectant waiting and preparation. Yet, as I said, the parable of the talents ends with the following. For all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But for those who have nothing, even that which they have will be taken away. That can be a troubling statement, not only for Unitarian Universalists, but for lots of people. And as with countless references in the Bible, often they're taken out of context. Things like racism and white supremacy and, and prosperity gospel narratives uh, are attributed from that, from that line right there. I mean, that, the idea that God wants you to be, have abundance, but it's taken to a different level. God wants you to be rich. God wants you to have a yacht, things like that. That parable was told by Jesus, but Jesus never, never advocated any kind of material, material abundance in this world. He never advocated that. And the interpretation of a prosperity narrative isn't really possible even in this context because immediately what follows <clears throat> the parable of the talents talks about Jesus's second coming and what it takes to prepare for that. And it's focused on kindness and generosity and love and empathy. What follows is, he says, when the son of man comes in his glory, that's Jesus returning in the second coming, all the angels with him, 
and he will sit on the throne of glory. Then he will say, come to you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you <coughs> from the foundation of this world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. For I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Continues. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see that you were hungry and we gave you food? Or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When was, he, when was it we saw you a stranger and welcomed you? Or naked and gave you clothing? When was it you were sick or in prison and we visited you? And he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did this for the least of these, others here, you did it for me. Not a lot of prosperity gospel there. That's about love, kindness, generosity, empathy. It is investments though. They're investments in those things, investing in love, generosity, compassion. I see these parables as Christian Advent parables. And for non-Christians, still a call for preparation, reflection, expectant waiting. To, ins to invest yourself into something bigger, something more meaningful, something prepared for you, prepared for us. So what might this season of Hanukkah and Advent, a season of dedication, reflection, and expectant waiting mean for you, mean for us as Unitarian Universalists, mean for us as members of this congregation, members at Human. Might this season of Hanukkah and Advent help us rededicate ourselves through reflection and preparation to that which was prepared for us? And what could that possibly be? What might be the fruits of such dedication and preparation? I'm a firm believer that you get what you give. You get what you give. And that rededicating yourself through preparing yourself, through preparation and expectant waiting and reflection, is what we do at Human, our mission. Nurturing the spirit, striving for justice, transforming the world. All those things that we do, those investments that we make, are what we give. That's what we give. And what you get, what we get, is this vibrant community as a result of doing our mission in the world. This community is what we get as a result of that. And not only that, a deeper, robust, meaningful spirituality in your own being and a larger sense of self. Personally, walking through the doors of a Unitarian Universalist congregation for the first time was one of the best acts that I've ever done. 
best decision I ever made to go to that church. At the time, 30-something years ago, I was a new parent, the sole breadwinner in the house. Tammy was taking care of the kids. And I was at a very kind of very stressful job. I was given a lot of responsibility. I was kind of on an island out there. And I was very stressed. And I went to a church. I needed relief. And I got it. I did get it. I needed to be served that first day. And I was served. I was filled. But after being served, I could have left. I was good. I could have left. I'm very glad that I stayed. I don't need to tell you that there's a lot of suffering in the world, a lot of suffering. Many people live in denial that they are suffering or maybe lack awareness that they are. Or they live in denial that it could ever happen to them. And many people live their lives in fear, playing it very safe because they don't want to encounter any suffering. I believe that we have the freedom of choice, however, that when suffering does, have, does happen, we have a choice on how to respond to it. We have access to resources to help us respond to the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Spoiler alert, I think this community, human, is one of those resources. In fact, a very, very big resource that we have at our disposal. So what do we do with such resources? Do we bury it in fear or deny it that it exists? Or do we maybe use it as a quick, use the resource as a quick fix, a surface solution, and then once you're better, you can just go on and leave? Do we use up all of our oil in one shot, not thinking that we might ever need to draw upon that oil again? Once we get that quick fix, the people kid themselves into saying, well, I don't need a church, a faith community any longer. I'm good. And they drift away. I don't think that's going to work in the long term. Many people fail to see the healing, life-saving, life-saving power of this resource, this community, human. It's real. Many people fail to see this church as a vehicle, a vehicle that can transform your life into a seeming, from a seemingly endless series of struggles and suffering to something beautiful and whole. A vehicle that can take you places that you never possibly imagined. I never thought I'd be here, never. And I am so, so grateful, so grateful. Hanukkah and Advent, rededication, reflection, expectant waiting. For us, these things, investing in ourselves, into the, investing of ourselves into this community, human. Investing into it in the abundant healing resource will continue so that it will continue to be there for you 
we hope it will continue to be there for you, for me, for us, and for all those people who are not yet here. Hewitt. This is a season of endings and beginnings, when the small signs of dawn pierce through the night and something new is born. But first comes the waiting. First come the lessons of endings and beginnings, the presence of life, the sheltering spirit of love, grieves with those sweeping up the debris of loss, waits with those who restlessly reach out for change. Grant us courage in the night to guard each other's dreams for this holy, wondrous universe. Grant us, O universe, unfolding in mystery, a sense of your timing. May we loosen our grip on that which doesn't serve us, leaving behind that which we have outworn and outgrown. Teach us the lessons of beginnings. Remind us that such waitings and endings may be a starting place, a planting of seeds, which bring to birth what is ready to be born. Something right and just and different. A new song, a deeper relationship, a fuller love in the fullness of time. And may we now enter into the spirit of a shared silence.
And now we extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. About uh, two months ago, I, we had a child dedication uh, ceremony for CODA, and I failed to bring in this book for CODA. And so it will be outside. If you all want to sign it and put a little note somewhere in the book, that would be a treasure. Uh, well, hopefully he'll, he'll treasure it always. Um, anyway, so it'll be out in the foyer. With that, may the firmness of the earth be yours. May the flow of the waters be yours. May the freedom of the air be yours. May the fierceness of the fire be yours. May all the gifts of this life, below and above, be yours now and with you always. Go in peace and enjoy your week. The Unitarian Universalist Metro Atlanta North Congregation of Roswell, Georgia, thanks you for listening to the Human Podcast. Background music, courtesy of Tim Moore from Pixabay.